Well, NCAA conference realignment is still the talk of the town, and while nothing appears imminent with the Zags, that does not mean that we cannot take another look at what this could all mean. Today's episode is a pros and cons list for three of Gonzaga's best options, including moving to the Big East, staying in the WCC, and moving to whatever becomes of the Pac-12. All that and more covered right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to thank all of you who have continued to make Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. Very, very exciting start to the month of July. Tons of great guests on the show. Obviously, all this conversation with conference realignment. I appreciate every single one of you who have continued to listen to the show. Of course, those of you who have checked the show out on YouTube as well. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers before the start of the college basketball season. I'm very confident that we are going to get there. But if you are a listener to the show and you have not done so yet, just go to YouTube.com, search Locked On Zags. You'll find the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Very much appreciated. All right, we're talking conference realignment again today. So much to talk about. There's still so much up in the air as we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. I don't expect a lot of sweeping changes to happen anytime super soon. Uh, Obviously, outside of USC and UCLA making the decision they made to join the Big Ten, which has kind of catapulted a lot of other things into motion that haven't quite come to fruition yet, whether that means Oregon and Washington are departing as well. Whether that means Notre Dame is going to finally join the, join a conference, we're hearing rumors about the ACC trying to have some of their schools end up in the SEC. There's a whole bunch of stuff that is going on right now. Uh, as we get more actual information, certainly we will report that here. But for right now, it's kind of leaving Gonzaga in, in a bit of a holding pattern along with hundreds of other Division I institutions who are kind of waiting to see what all is going to happen here, what the super conferences are going to end up looking like, all of that. The Zags obviously are not going anywhere immediately. They're going to stay in the WCC uh, for the foreseeable future, probably at least the next two years at the minimum, Uh, but they have some options, and we're going to explore those options here in this episode. We're going to take a look at the pros and the cons for what I consider the three most likely options. The Mountain West is not included in this episode because I just don't really know what is even going to happen with the Mountain West if some of their schools are going to end up in the Pac-12, if if the Pac-12 is going to disappear entirely, and the Mountain West may absorb some of those schools once we have a better sense of that, maybe that'll be a, a topic we'll revisit. But I want to start with the Pac-12. And I want to start talking about the pros of Gonzaga potentially moving to the Pac-12, uh, which at this point is kind of hard to know just because we don't exactly know what the Pac-12 is going to look like. But if we're assuming that USC and UCLA obviously gone out the door of the Pac-12 right now, nothing else has happened. I wouldn't expect Oregon and Washington to stick around. But even if they leave, if the Pac-12 can kind of sustain from there, Gonzaga could end up being in a Power 5 conference. And the Power 5 is probably a term that's not going to be used a whole lot longer because it looks like we're going to have two super conferences and then a couple other big time-ish conferences, and then it'll kind of cascade down from there. But there's a there's a very good possibility that the Pac-12 remains 
one of the more powerful conferences in the NCAA. I know it doesn't look like it right now, uh, but this, assuming that that happens, Gonzaga and Gonzaga is able to get invited, which is obviously a part of the conversation that we don't know right now. Gonzaga does not fit the current kind of rules, I say with, you know, air quotes there because the Pac-12 hasn't made it a hard and fast rule, but they always want football teams. Obviously, that's a big factor. Uh, They've also always had high, like very big, uh, large research institutions. Gonzaga is not that, but should they waive those those rules? Should the conference stay mostly intact? Gonzaga joining the Pac-12 would be an upgrade over the WCC. They would likely get a bigger piece revenue-wise, even though they have a very large percentage of the revenue out of the WCC. A move to a Pac-12, even a depleted Pac-12, is still going to just generate more money overall, uh, and the Zags would, would get a bigger piece out of that. I think other pros, regional rivalries, would be probably the biggest pro here again, not knowing what's going to happen with Oregon or Washington kind of dampens that a little bit. But if we assume Washington State's not going anywhere, a Gonzaga-Washington State in-conference rivalry, that's awesome. I mean, that's absolutely awesome. I've said on this show numerous times I wish Gonzaga would would play Wazoo more. It was unfortunate when they canceled that. You know, we criticized Washington for canceling the series between them and the Zags uh, you know, over a decade ago before it finally got brought back. Gonzaga canceled the series with Washington State for, for different reasons. Obviously, they felt like they could use that ex- that game to to play a beefier schedule to play a team that basically was better than Wazoo, which is a, a very disrespectful, but I, I kind of, I, I get it. Washington State was pretty darn bad when Gonzaga decided to schedule this or to stop playing this game, but Wazoo has improved significantly and them playing each other twice a year in a conference game would be very, very fun. Even playing Oregon State, which is a big, you know, regional school local to Gonzaga would be fun. Again, obviously not knowing what's going to go down with Oregon and Washington, not knowing what's going to go down with Arizona, but I mean, if Arizona somehow stuck around in the Pac-12 and Gonzaga could play them twice a year, I mean, that's that's so fun. That's a really, really fun matchup. There's other fun things, too. If Stanford sticks around and Gonzaga-Stanford for, for both men's and women's basketball would be extremely fun. I think other pros, the, the, the lack of not having to travel super dramatically, the amount of travel that would exist in the Pac-12 would be pretty much the same as what they're doing in the WCC. They'd go to Oregon, they'd go to California, they'd occasionally go a little bit farther east. That'd be about it. It would really be very, very similar to what they're doing in the WCC. That's a pretty big advantage. I know that conference realignment right now is kind of indicating that these universities don't particularly care about how far away they are from each other. That's not a concern, particularly with the football programs and the huge money institutions. But it is a challenge, especially when you talk about smaller sports, when you talk about non-revenue generating sports, when you talk about, you know, your Olympic sports, tennis, volleyball, swimming, whatever it may be, you know, that becomes more of a challenge. And so the Pac-12, depending on what it looks like, would be a, a not a significant bump, if not, might, might even be less travel uh, than the WCC, or at least a comparable amount. So that would be really nice. And then, of course, the last thing here is the Pac-12 is looking really hard at trying to merge with other conferences, which makes sense. They kind of have to figure out a way to to survive. And the best way to survive is to go to the Big 12, to go to the ACC and say, how can we find a way to merge with you? And these are things that are being discussed. They're being discussed by media members. They're being discussed by the, the institutions themselves. How seriously? I don't know how quickly this could come together. Very difficult to know. But if we were to talk about some kind of Pac-12 ACC 
if they were to somehow merge, which is was discussed by John Wilner, who's a great reporter out of the Bay Area who reports on the Pac-12. If that happens, Gonzaga's got to get in there immediately because now you're talking Duke, you're talking Syracuse, you're talking other programs in the ACC. In this situation, some of the top tier ACC programs would be bouncing to the SEC. But if Duke sticks around, if Syracuse is there, you merge that with some of the schools still in the Pac-12, that'd be incredible. Now, cons for moving to the Pac-12 are pretty obvious. We don't know who the hell is still going to be there. That's the biggest con. Who is going to be left? The expectation is that Oregon and Washington are gone. We know USC and UCLA are gone. Uh, The latest rumors are that the Big 12 is trying really hard to get the four corner schools, which would be the Arizona schools, Colorado, and Utah. If all four of those programs get poached, there's, there's nothing left. You don't have anything left. You have Stanford, Cal, Washington State, Oregon State. I don't think that Stanford and Cal are going to just sit idly by and not get picked up somewhere. Both of these are huge institutions. They're in a very big media market. Yes, Cal in particular hasn't been very good on the football field or on the basketball court recently, but it's a it's a really big, well-known school, big brand. They're going to get picked up. Stanford is one of the, the leading institutions in the entire country. I have a hard time imagining them not getting picked up by the big, at least the Big 12, maybe even the Big 10 or SEC would take them there just because of the amount of money that they generate just with their brand in general. So if there's nothing left of the Pac-12, then yeah, it's probably not a very good idea for the Zags to join there. I don't know whether this would cause a Pac-12 Mountain West merger, whether they would just merge with the Big 12 and the Big 12 would also absorb Oregon State and Washington State and just be some big conglomeration of basically all of the all of the Power 5 schools that didn't make the SEC and the Big 10. That's not great. It's still an upgrade over some of Gonzaga's other options. Uh, it would still be a better basketball conference than the WCC, for example, but I don't know if the Zags would necessarily want to to be be involved in that, but I, I do think that there are there are we need to figure out what's going to happen with the Pac-12. This is the this is the most difficult one to do because we just don't know what the Pac-12 is going to look like if it's even going to exist if it's going to get absorbed entirely, um, if it's just going to be like the new Mountain West basically. Like there's a lot of things that could end up changing with the Pac-12, but uh, depending how that shakes out, it could end up being a realistic option for the Zags. Now we're going to come back in this second segment and we're going to talk about. What I assume is everybody's preferred landing spot for the Zags, uh, that would, of course, be the Big East. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you all about Ben Online. College basketball may be deep into the offseason, but the MLB, WNBA, and MLS seasons are heating up into the summer months. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines for coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zag, still talking conference realignment. And here in the second segment, we're switching over to talk about the Big East, the pros and the cons of joining one of America's best basketball conferences. And we'll start there. That's the pro. That's the biggest pro right there is that the Big East is an incredible basketball conference, top to bottom. It is the best non-Power 5 basketball conference in America, 
by a tremendous amount. The WCC might be second. You can make some arguments for the American Conference and even a couple other conferences in there as well. The Mountain West certainly would be in that conversation. But the Big East is far, far, I mean, really, it's a power six when you talk about basketball conferences because the Big East is is on par with basically every conference in America. You talk about Villanova, you talk about Creighton, you're talking about Xavier, Butler, Marquette. I mean, it's a monster conference top to bottom for basketball. And for the Zags to get a chance to be in that conference, I mean, it, it would be... It would be such an upgrade. And this is not me disrespecting the WCC. For folks who have listened to the podcast, uh, you know that I love the WCC. For those of you who follow me on Twitter, you know that I love the WCC. And I'm going to continue to root for the WCC no matter what happens to the Zags. But this is, I mean, top to bottom, this is a, a huge, huge upgrade. And that's not even talking about Kansas, which there is a rumor that Kansas is going to join the Big East. They would go independent with their football program, which their football program hasn't done a whole lot for them uh, lately or in a very long time, to be honest. But uh, they're obviously a premier, premier basketball program defending national champions. For them to join the Big East with Gonzaga, holy crap. That would be an unbelievable basketball comp. Unbelievable. One of, the, one of Kansas, Gonzaga, and Villanova would finish third. Third in their own conference. That is crazy to even think about. Gonzaga and Kansas have been stalwarts at winning their conference year in and year out. They just do it every dang year. And for them to all of a sudden be in a conference with each other and with a program like Villanova. And again, I'm, I'm using Nova, but that Creighton Providence, like those are programs that could win the, win the Big East as well. So like one of those two teams would be finishing fifth in this situation. Absolutely wild to think about what that conference could look like if either Gonzaga or Kansas joined, but definitely if both of them did. I think the other big pro here is that Gonzaga is so similar to the to the, the schools already in the Big East. Now, obviously, that's, that's not the case with Kansas, but it would be they're a similar institution to all those schools we already mentioned, Villanova, Xavier, Marquette, Butler, whatever. Like, they're similar size. They have religious affiliation. Like, it, they fit very well in that regard. And, and that's not necessarily the driving factor for a lot of the decisions that are being made regarding conference realignment. Uh, but the WCC and the Pac-12 in particular have both been pretty staunch about trying to have teams that are somewhat similar. BYU was an exception in the WCC, and then they, they didn't last very long. And so I think for Gonzaga, while that's not necessarily the driving factor for them, if they could join, an, I think it would make a lot of people feel good for the Zags to join a conference that has a similar kind of vibe in terms of you know, how big the schools are, how many students are there, you know, their affiliation from a religious standpoint. Like, I think all of that would be nice as, as kind of like a bonus, not necessarily the most important thing, but but a good bonus. And I think obviously that obviously they're a pro here. We've kind of already touched on is the strength of schedule is just just a tremendous boost. And again, the WCC has 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 been solid lately. San Francisco, St. Mary's, Santa Clara were all top 75 teams for good chunks of last season, but it's it does you can't even light a candle to what the Big East would be like. I mean, the Big East's worst five programs are would lay waste to the worst five conference for worst five programs, excuse me, in the WCC. It's not even close. So for Gonzaga, every week they would be playing top 100, top 150 teams every time, every time, and it would strengthen them. It would make you know sharpen them a little bit. They'd be better. They wouldn't have these low periods in the middle of the season. Uh, you know, the, the haters would have to be quiet for a while. They wouldn't be able to say, oh, Gonzaga's only here because they didn't play anybody in January. That wouldn't be the case if the worst team they were playing in January was like DePaul or something like that. Like, eh, this is going to be pretty good. So that would be a huge one. I think it'd be fun to see new rivalries potentially come out of this. Um, 
whether Gonzaga and Villanova becomes a rivalry, Gonzaga-Creighton, which I think could absolutely become a rivalry, Gonzaga and Butler, which is already teams that have played each other before that have some bad blood there a little bit. I think it would be a, a huge kind of fun piece of it is to see Gonzaga's rivalry sort of develop in time uh, as they're playing new teams in the conference schedule. And then finally, it would help with recruiting. Gonzaga hasn't really struggled with recruiting or adding players with the transfer portal, in part because of the the offense they run, the success that they've had. The coaching staff is obviously very good at getting players to buy into the program. But there are almost certainly players who have just chosen not to come to Gonzaga in part because they wanted to play better teams. They wanted, you know, to be on TV, not at, you know, 10 p.m. at night against Pacific on a Thursday night. And now they wouldn't have to overcome that hurdle from a recruiting perspective. The cons of Gonzaga moving to the Big East, pretty simple. It's a lot of travel. It's uh, it's a, a significant change travel-wise. Can they make it work? Yes, there's more money, which we didn't even talk about, but there would be more money in the Big East than in the WCC. But would it would it even end up being more money with the amount of money they'd have to spend to travel? You know, we're talking about flying to Providence probably at least once per year, maybe more. We're talking about flying, you know, all the way out to to Wisconsin for Marquette. We're talking about flying out to Georgetown. Like these are really far trips. I think the closest trip is Creighton. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure, but it's not close. Whatever the closest trip is, is not close to where Gonzaga is currently. Would the Big East want to deal with that? I think yes, because adding Gonzaga is such a huge boost to a conference that's primarily focused on basketball. But sheesh, I mean, that's that's going to be really tough. I think you're probably looking at a situation where there's at least one or two other West Coast teams joining the Big East as well. Could be St. Mary's, which would be great. Uh, you know, there are other options it could be as well. They pull from the Mountain West potentially, uh, or even, you know, somebody like San Francisco or Santa Clara potentially, but it would be tough. And, and then, of course, the other big con is, is what's going to happen with the other sports. Are you going to ask your your tennis, your volleyball, your rowing, even your baseball, soccer programs, are you going to ask them to, to make these these travel arrangements? Is your soccer program going to be flying out to Providence once a year? Because that's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of missed class. I think that's something that as somebody who worked in higher education in academic support for student athletes, that's a very specific career field that I worked in for five years. So I understand that better than than most people. And Yes, the school, the administration, they're not going to make decisions based on that. That's not going to be the sole factor, but it is a factor. And even at a place like Gonzaga where, yeah, if the AD is asked, do you, you know, will you sign off on this school going to the Big East or this program going to the Big East? Like, yeah, he's probably going to do it, but that's, there's going to be some pushback from administration, from the, you know, the main campus. Like it's all of a sudden your soccer players are missing three or four more days of school uh, or more than that even in your basketball programs are missing a lot of school. It's going to be hard. It would be a tough sell. And then, of course, there's the fact that the Big East may not take the other sports, or Gonzaga may decide that that's not worth it, that they just want to go to the Big East with basketball. Men's and women's basketballs go to the Big East. Everything else is staying in the WCC. But the WCC has to say yes to that. And there's no guarantee that they're going to happily wave goodbye to the biggest source of revenue that they have by a landslide and say, yeah, goodbye. We'll keep the rest of your teams, so keep them nice and warm here for you, but you can just abscond with all of our money. I don't think the WCC is going to say yes to that. I don't know why they would. I think they could use that as a power play to try to keep Gonzaga in the conference by saying, no, you're all or none. All of your programs are in the WCC or none of your programs are in the WCC. And you cannot blame them for making that call if that's the decision that they make. So that's a huge sticking point and one that I imagine is being discussed extensively at Gonzaga right now. 
being discussed with the Big East if they are having those conversations, because that's a that's a pretty significant hurdle that would need to be overcome in order for this to work. Uh, other other cons that aren't as big of a deal, uh, I was going to say you'd lose the rivalry with St. Mary's, but not necessarily in part because St. Mary's could also be making the trip to the Big East or because you could just schedule them on your non-conference schedule every year and still play them at least once, which I think that they would probably do. Mark Few and Randy Bennett, I don't know if they like or hate each other, but they respect each other enough that I think that they would play this game every year, if nothing else, just as service for the fans. Clearly, it's also a, a beneficial game for each of them from a strength of schedule perspective as well. Uh, it's a significant environmental impact for the Zags to be flying as much. That's something I mentioned last week when talking about this. I'm not going to dig all the way into it and go full tree hugger on you, but it is unfortunate to think about these teams flying way, way, way more, especially if the whole rest of Gonzaga's uh, sports also move into the Big East. It would be a challenge. It would be uh, tough to see them flying so much because of the missed class and because of that environmental impact. All right, we're going to move on to the third and final option, as of today at least, which is just remaining in the WCC, staying the course with what they have been doing, what they have built over the last 20 seasons. Before we dig into the pros and cons of that, though, I want to tell you all about LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are well back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on a candidate with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire and interview. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags. Closing out the show and closing out the week, talking about what it would be like if the Zags were to just stay the course, stay in the WCC, let all of the chips fall where they may. For the record, this is clearly the plan in the short term. The Zags are not, I would be surprised, I should say, if the Zags were to make an announcement about changing conferences before the start of the basketball season. I wouldn't be shocked if it happens within a calendar year from now. I think that that's possible. I mentioned last week, I kind of think the Big East thing is going to happen, but it's going to take some time, and I don't think there's going to be any announcement anytime soon, especially as we're waiting for some of these much bigger chips to fall. But assuming, let's you know take, the, take this time to assume the Zags just stay the course and continue to remain in the WCC. Uh, the pros, obviously, it's familiar. They don't have to make sweeping changes. They don't have to have, you know, scheduling nightmares for all of the director of operations for every program. They don't have to redo a bunch of flights. They don't have to worry about what's going to happen to the non-basketball programs. They can just stay the course, continue to build what they have built. This basketball program has not suffered because they've been in the WCC. That is a erroneous talking point that a lot of other people who don't watch Gonzaga basketball have said for years and years and years and has been refuted by Gonzaga's success on the basketball court for starters, but also people who have been around the program who know, hey, this is not something that's really holding them back. 
so they don't have to make any changes. They can continue to do what they've done. They they still recruit at an extremely high level. They still win at an extremely high level. They still win in the NCAA tournament at an extremely high level. Staying in the WCC means they don't have to make any sweeping changes to their program. They don't have to worry about what's going to happen in the non-conference, or excuse me, with the non-basketball sports. And beyond that, the league is improving. San Francisco just made the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1998. The University of Portland has taken huge strides under coach Shantae Leggins. Steve Lavin got hired at San Diego and has already made a massive impact for that program. They added two Pac-12 transfers and Jaden DeLayer out of Stanford and Eric Williams out of Oregon. Those two guys are very, very good. I think that that's a program that's on the rise. Clearly, Santa Clara, St. Mary's, obviously, like this a, it's a good basketball conference. It's arguably the best basketball conference outside of the Power Six which is the Power Five and, of course, the Big East. Uh, Gonzaga also gets a really nice piece of the pie revenue-wise. They negotiated successfully to get a bigger piece of the revenue that goes to all of the member schools when teams make the NCAA tournament. Mark Few and the Zags effectively said, we're the team that keeps making the NCAA tournament. We don't want to split this piece of the pie ten ways. We want a higher piece of it. And they got it in part because they threatened to leave for the Mountain West. This was back in 2018. They negotiated for that, and they negotiated for there to be more non-conference games, which is something that the, that they won. They won that negotiation. They have more non-conference games than they would get otherwise. The WCC recently re-voted on that and continued to keep it for just 16 conference games. That's a big win for Mark Few, for Randy Bennett, for Herb Sendek and Santa Clara as well. So Gonzaga gets a lot of what they want from the WCC. I think that that matters. That absolutely counts. They continue to get a bigger piece of the puzzle. They continue to recruit successfully. They are seeing the teams around them that they play every single year continue to get better and better. So it's pretty easy to see why it might make some sense for the Zags to just stand pat and not do anything dramatic, at least for a couple of years. Now, the cons, cons are pretty obvious. The BYU is leaving. That's a huge con. BYU has consistently been the third, second, third, fourth best team in the WCC. They... They're a high-profile program. They have never hurt Gonzaga in the net ratings or the strength of schedule ratings. Uh, it's, a, it's a challenge to try to beat them every year. Beating them on the road is very, very difficult. And they're gone. They're going to the Big 12, probably. <laughs> it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen now. Maybe BYU changes their mind. Maybe they try to go somewhere else. But they're, they're not going to stay in the WCC. They are out the door. The new additions that the WCC is likely going to pull to replace BYU are probably not going to be as good as BYU. Schools that have been talked about repeatedly, uh, this is not with inside information, but Grand Canyon obviously gets talked about a lot, Seattle U, both programs in the WAC, but they're not as good as BYU. They're frankly, not as not close to as good as BYU. Both of them are decent basketball programs, and they fit, they fit the WCC in some capacities. Grand Canyon's fairly unique, but would bring in a lot of revenue, but... That's, it's not good enough. If I'm Gonzaga and I see the second best program outside of my program leaving the WCC and the program that you're adding is Grand Canyon or Seattle U, who would probably not finish top five in the WCC, that's that's going to make me feel like I want to try to do something else. Uh, and then the other cons, Gonzaga is better than the WCC, and they're better than most conferences they would be in. <laughs> it's because they're very, very good at basketball. When you are consistently ranked top five in the country, and, and lately for the last couple of years, number one most of the time, it's hard to find a conference that's good enough for you. The Big East would be. they would That would be it. The SEC, from a basketball perspective, I'm not sure. Big, Big Ten, yes. Big Ten would count. ACC, yes, that would count, but those are not necessarily options. So for the WCC, like, 
Yeah, it's not a great option. It's a fine option, but Gonzaga is better. They, the reason that these criticisms have come up is because people think, oh, Gonzaga just beats up on all the teams in the WCC and then they're not ready for March. I don't think that that is true. I think a lot of people don't think that that is true. But if Mark Few had the opportunity to play better teams from January to March, he probably would. <laughs> and that's what I think is going to end up happening here if the Zags can figure out a way to do this, to get into the Big East, to get into whatever becomes of the Pac-12, Big 12 merger, to play somewhere else. I think they're going to want to do that. Uh, other cons for, for staying in the WCC, it might look like they're doing it on purpose. This is not a reason to, to not make that decision necessarily, but I do think that if People perceived that the Zags had an option to go somewhere else and they chose not to do it to stay in the WCC. They would get a lot of flack for that. I don't think that that's something that would really matter all that much. Like if they stay in the WCC, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, no, people are going to be mad about us on Twitter. I don't really care about that. But it would be unfortunate if that were the case, because I guarantee that folks would hear that a lot uh, on social media about them if they were to to pass up any perceived opportunities to, to go into a bigger conference. All right, that is going to do it for me today and for this week. Trust me, we're going to talk more about conference realignment. We're not done with that topic. Uh, certainly, if, if any more news comes out about what Gonzaga might do or what the Pac-12 or Mountain West is going to look like, we will absolutely cover that here. Uh, also, I wanted to shout this out. I talked about it a little bit on an earlier show this week, but I have a new website. It is scorezagscore.com, named after my old podcast before I took over as the host here of Locked on Zags. Uh, it is a journalism blog. It is There's 20 articles already up on the site covering all the news that's going on with Gonzaga. I, I'm really proud of it. I, I really want people to, to read this and enjoy it. So please, uh, if you haven't done so yet, www.scorezagscore.com. Check it out. You can like the post. You can subscribe to it as all. Well. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. And finally... I also appreciate all of you who have made Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. While Locked On WCC or Locked On Big East don't exist yet, you can get more informed on the West Coast happenings, and there are a lot of them right now, uh, by making the Locked On Pac-12 podcast your second listen of the day. Host Spencer McLaughlin and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes, five times per week. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.